Brother Casey just made me aware of uh, another prayer request I'd like for you to keep in, in your hearts. And that was uh, a prayer request for Amy and Sean Chandler. Did I get that right, brother? Amy and Sean Chandler. Would you remind me of the details of that again? Lost both of their babies. Wow. Uh, please, please continue to remember that family. You know they're hurting today. Well, uh, I mentioned to you that uh, the last message sprang uh, out of our college and career uh, Sunday school class uh, as they began addressing some really, really tough questions. Uh, and I'm sure that's probably responsible due to its members and also its teacher. Amen. Uh, they like asking the difficult questions, but uh, I like answering difficult questions, or at least finding out how God responds to those difficult questions. But before I get started, uh, I want to tell you about a small town baker. Uh, this baker bought all of his butter from one particular farmer. Now, after weighing the farmer's butter, uh, the baker had determined that the farmer had reduced the amount of butter in each package but was still charging the same amount of money. So the baker accused the farmer of fraud. And so in court, the judge asked the farmer, do you have measuring weights in order to measure your butter? And the farmer said, no, sir, I don't. And the judge said, well, then how do you know what the weight of the butter is that you said? And the farmer said, well... Back when the baker came to me and began buying butter from me, I thought, well, it would be a good idea for me to buy my bread from him. And so I started using his one-pound loaf to measure out my butter. <laughs> so if the weight of the butter is wrong, then all he can do is blame himself. When we stand before God in the day of judgment, and if you do so without being saved, you will only be able to blame yourself. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, that is, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Now, when people read this verse, you know what the first thing they do is? It's not fair. But John 14, 6, the Lord Jesus Christ said it plainly. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm alive. And listen to this. No man comes to the Father except through me. So does that mean then that, that God is fair to let someone die and go to hell who has never once heard the name of Jesus? Well, last week, the Apostle Paul began answering that question for us in Romans chapter 1. And we really need to understand this, friends, because in the world that we live in, the world often calls Christians things like narrow-minded. The world might call you intolerant, fanatical, perhaps inflexible. And it's the 
believe what Jesus said. But I want to tell you this morning that you don't have to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 16, the same passage as last week, Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone. Say everyone. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. Say in them. It's manifest in them. And God has shown it to them. Say to them. God has shown it to them. And being clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile or useless in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, I'm thankful that you have given us your word to answer even the tough questions. But let us know, Lord, that even as we begin to study this difficult subject, all of it, it finds its foundation in our trust in you. So Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you know far better, that your thoughts are far above our thoughts, and that your ways are far above our ways. So Lord, we're going to trust you, and we're going to gain insight from the scriptures you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray it all. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Last week we began looking at this passage to try to find out what happens to those who are lost but have never heard the gospel. Is God just to judge them for all eternity? Is God righteous? Is he good? If he's going to judge someone who has never heard the good news of Jesus. Well, we began looking at four factors that help us understand and kind of put it all together. And you may remember that the first factor was the revelation factor. And the revelation factor basically is this. All men have some life. Say that with me. All men have some life. All men have some life. And we read about two witnesses that accused those who claimed they'd never heard the gospel. The first witness was creation, the outward witness that God exists. But there was a second witness, a second witness to this revelation factor that all men have some light, and that is the conscience. The conscience is that inward witness, that inward witness that provides a built-in knowledge of God. And every human being who has ever lived on the face of this earth has both of those witnesses. The outward witness of creation and the inward witness of our conscience. Now, sadly, some people don't listen to their conscience. Amen? That's right. Some people don't listen to their conscience. But because these two witnesses are in the life of every, say every, of every human being, including the one that never heard the gospel, no matter who they are, no matter where they are, they are without excuse. Why? Because all men 
have some light. Now, there's a second factor. A second factor that we talked about, it was the refusal factor. The refusal factor is this. Light refused is darkness increased. Say that with me. Light refused is darkness increased. That's right. When God gives us light, when creation and conscience speaks to any individual anywhere on the face of the earth, when God gives us some light, if we don't glorify God, if we don't believe in God, if we don't trust God, then we begin to go backwards. We begin to go backwards and we lose even the light we were given. And what happens after that is, the Bible says, our foolish hearts become darkened. Why is that? Because we resist the truth. We resist the truth and we don't believe in God. And the reason that people do this is this reason. Because to believe in God means that we have to adjust the way we live our life. If you claim to believe in God, your life better have changed. It better have adjusted in some way. We talked on Wednesday night to the journey group about the fact that when you come to the Lord Jesus, you ought to see some change. Not only a single change that happens immediately, but you ought to see ongoing, continuing change. And we actually got some feedback and started figuring out some things about us that changed as a result of our knowledge or the light that we've been given in Jesus Christ. So, there's the revelation factor and there's the refusal factor. All men have some light, but light that's refused is darkness that's increased. And you may remember how we pictured it. We pictured our lives or some people's lives here on the left. And we pictured creation and conscience here on the right. And his lifestyle is over here saying, if I admit that, that means I've got to change this. And so he's in a sticky situation. He, if he turns this way, then he's got to turn away from that. But if he turns this way, he's got to turn away from that. What's he going to do? He says, I know what I'll do. I'll just resist the truth. I'll pretend like it doesn't happen. And so he begins to turn this way. Going his own way. And the further he goes his own way, the further and further and further he gets from God's way. And he continues that way. And eventually, his foolish heart is darkened. The light of God has been revealed. Through creation, through conscience, it has been revealed. But many times people refuse the light that they've been given. Now I want to move forward into the, the last two factors. The third factor is the reception factor. All men have some light. That's the revelation factor. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, and God has shown it to them. God's attributes are clearly seen. That is eternal power and his Godhead are evident. It's clearly seen. All men have some light. But light refused as darkness increased. That's the refusal factor. And their foolish hearts are darkened. But the reception factor is this. Light obeyed is light increased. Light obeyed is light increased. Now I know, especially some of you in that college class, have been dying to say this. Brother Bill, you've been saying that, that no man gets to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. But neither creation nor conscience 
tell me anything about Jesus. So, Brother Bill, when you say that all men have some light, according to what you're saying, that's not enough to say. Because creation and conscience don't testify to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what I'm going to say to you? You're absolutely right. Creation and conscience do not lead us to the Lord Jesus Christ. God has no obligation to show us the way to God until we're ready to accept the fact of God. And that's exactly what creation and conscience do. Creation and conscience lead us to the fact that God exists. And if you're not going to accept the fact of God, then guess what? You're not going to get the way to God. Light increased. Light obeyed is light increased. Creation and conscience only bring us to the fact that God exists. So what is the reception factor? Light obeyed is light increased. Look in verse 16. Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed, get this, from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Tell me, how is, according to verse 17, tell me, how is the righteousness of God revealed? Say it again. From faith to faith. That's exactly right. Can I tell you, Robert, that that is the reception factor. From faith to faith. God gives you truth. You believe that truth. And you know what God does? And give you some more truth. From faith to faith. The more you obey, the more light you get. From faith to faith. Imagine this. Imagine God speaking to a man through the witnesses of creation and our conscience. And he says, that man says, God, I want to know you. God, I need to know you. God, I believe you exist. That's faith. And so he goes from faith to faith. He said, I want to know you. I need to know you. I believe you exist. He's gone from faith to faith to faith. And so what's happened is, when he said, I want to know you, then God gave him enough of more of creation and conscience to speak to his own heart. Then now he says, I need him. Not only do I want to know him, I need to know him. And I believe that he exists. He says, I believe that. He's got the faith. And he begins to seek. Now, anybody that knows me knows that that word seek is one of my favorite theological words. It's a big old word, ain't it? Seek. But seek is the key. Seeking is the ticket that leads us from faith to faith to faith. That keeps us pursuing God, wanting to know God, desiring and keep a relationship with God from faith to faith. So eventually that man says, I believe that God exists. And he says, I'm going to seek by faith more and more of this God that I believe in. And eventually, I'm telling you, that by faith to faith to faith, eventually, at the end of the road, he's going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith to faith. When there's a man or a woman who's ready to respond to the gospel, God will get the gospel to that person no matter whether he's got a wreck, a plane, or parachute in a missionary. When that person's ready, that 
gospel is coming. So I believe with all my heart that there has never been a single man, a single woman, who has ever lived on the face of this earth who died without some opportunity to have received Christ as long as they responded to the light they were given. Not one. From faith to faith to faith. It may seem that all men don't have enough light. Enough light, that is, to save them. And that may be true. But I'm telling you this, all men and women do have enough light to condemn them. Because they've been given light, and light obeyed as light increased from faith to faith to faith. At the end of that road, they're going to find the Lord Jesus Christ. From faith to faith. Had they lived up to the light they were given they would have received more light, and eventually they would receive the light, the Lord Jesus. Now, you may say, that sounds like a pretty interesting theory, Brother Bill. So what I'm going to do is I'd like to show you just a couple of instances where it happened in the Bible. Imagine this man who comes all the way from North Africa. The Bible calls him an Ethiopian eunuch, but he was basically an officer in the Ethiopian uh, army, uh, a treasurer, actually, to the queen. And this Ethiopian, in Acts chapter 8, uh, had already been to Jerusalem, had already been to the most religious city in the whole earth. And why did he go? Why did he go to Jerusalem? Because he wanted to go worship God. Somewhere along his path, God had shed some light on him. And he was going from faith to faith to go and worship this God who had opened his eyes and shed light. He'd come all the way from northern Africa, from Ethiopia, in a day when we didn't have airplanes. He traveled by chariot, went all the way to Jerusalem from North Africa. Why? Because he was seeking. He was seeking God, and he was seeking God in the most religious city he could find on the face of the earth. But he gets there, and he finds out that religion wasn't what he was seeking. He wasn't seeking a religion. He was seeking God. And so what does he do? He turns around, and he's headed back home. And he pauses for a moment out in the middle of the desert, and he opens his Bible, which was very few and far between. He opens the Scripture, probably some parchment. And he's sitting there reading the Bible in the book of Isaiah. He's seeking God in God's Word. He's trying to understand what God is saying to him. He's seeking his faith. He's got enough faith to read the Word. Now he's seeking enough faith to understand the Word. And you know what God does? God listens to this man who's, been, who's already responded to the light. He listens to him. And here's what he does. For this man who has responded to the light he's been given. God goes to Samaria. He goes to Samaria and he gets this preacher named Philip. Now Philip was in the midst of a huge revival. A big revival. And God says, son, I know you're in a big revival, but I want you to leave this revival and I want you to go out into the desert. There's a man out there. I got a man out there and I want you to tell him how to be saved. So Philip leads the revival, and God literally brought a missionary away from his revival, his religious 
work, his God work, brought him away from the revival, and Philip, this man, told this man who was seeking, who had been given just enough light, told him how he could be saved. And he responded to the light he was given once again, from faith to faith to faith. He responded to the light again, and you know, he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and was baptized out there in the middle of that place. From faith to faith, it started as just an acknowledgement of creation, a response to what God had said in his conscience that led him to take a step of faith, go to the most religious city in Jerusalem. And then he didn't find what he wanted to do. He's going home. He's seeking the word of God. Seeking by faith. And God sees that. And he's responding to the light. And he sends him a missionary. Sends Jesus in his midst. How do you get to Jesus? But there's another man. Another man in Acts chapter 10. This man's name was Cornelius. Now, the Bible says that Cornelius was a Gentile. And if you were here last week, you probably remember that another word for Gentile is basically somebody that hadn't heard of Jesus yet. Okay? But there was this Gentile named Cornelius, and Cornelius was a Roman army officer. But he had a huge hunger. A huge hunger to know God. Evidently, there had been some day in Cornelius' life where he looked up into the starry heavens and said, there ain't no way that all of this just happened. No way. So creation spoke to him. And he said, God, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, I want to know you. God gave him some light. And he was responding to that light. And then God told a believer named Peter, Peter, I want you to go to Caesarea. And there's a man there named Cornelius. And I want you to tell him how to come to Jesus. I want you to tell him how to be saved. He did so. And Cornelius, a Roman army officer, became a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved. When you obey the light that you have, God will give you more life. And the end of that road is the Lord Jesus. Faith to faith. But did you know that all of this applies to you who are saved too? Did you know that when you as Christians obey the light that you have, God will give you more light too? Hmm. Maybe there's a reason that you don't understand that part of the Bible that you're having trouble with. Maybe you haven't been living up to the light you've already been given. I mean, why would God show you more until you've responded to what he's already given you. Why would he give you more understanding of the word until you respond to what you already know? For instance, believer's baptism. There's a big controversy about believer's baptism. And there are many Christians who have not submitted to believer's baptism. And what they say is, is man, I've got a $60 permit. I ain't messing it up. But they know what the Bible teaches. <laughs> they know what the Bible teaches. But then later on down the road, they're reading their Bible and they say, why in the world don't I understand this? Why don't I get it? God, show me what this means. And you know what God said? Why should I show you what this means when you haven't obeyed what I've already shown you? 
we're trying to say is, is that light obeyed is light increased. The more you obey what you've already been given, the more light you're going to get. And if you want to understand that part of the Bible that you don't understand, begin to obey the part that you do understand. And then you'll understand what you didn't understand. Amen? Well, that'll get you every time. Again, the problem's not here. The problem is not in your intellect. The problem is here. Do you really believe? Do you really believe that this is God's word? Do you really believe that God says that you should be baptized as a testimony to what you claim you believe? Do you really believe? It's not so much in the head. It's in the heart. And friend, when a man surrenders his heart, then God will speak to him. And that light that's been obeyed will become light that will increase. So that's the next factor. There is the revelation factor. There is the refusal factor. And there is the reception factor. But finally, this is the scary part. There's the reckoning factor. All men have some light. Light refused is darkness increased, but light obeyed is light increased. But lastly, men and women will be judged according to the light they have. When God comes to judge us, what is he going to judge us by? Do you think that, judges, that God is going to judge us by the sin that we've committed? God is going to judge us by the light we responded to. If that light was Jesus Christ, then you don't have a sin problem. Because Jesus absorbed the penalty for that sin. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 5, I just want to touch on this one verse. And listen to what the word says. For in Romans chapter 2 verse 5, the Bible says, But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath, in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. God is simply saying that he knows how much light you got. He knows how much light you've been given, and he knows how much light you've responded to. Now, it's a fact that many of us have more light than other people. But it's not necessarily because you sought that light. If you sought that light by faith, by faith to faith, it may be just because you have more light because you live in America. And in America, there's a church on every street corner, it seems, and, and Bibles are everywhere. Simply by the providence of God that you have more light than that person who never heard. So what's God going to do? How's God going to make that differentiation between you who have such easy access to the light and that one in the darkest parts of Africa that don't. What's God going to do? Well, one thing that the Bible says is that he's going to hold you more accountable. He's going to hold us more accountable than this person who's never heard. Luke 12, 48, the Lord Jesus said, For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of them, they will be asked more. We will be held more accountable to the light we've been given. 
I mean, it would be bad enough if the unbeliever who lived in the darkest Africa would die and go to hell. That would be awful. But what about the one who sits in an auditorium like this and it's air-conditioned and it's comfortable? There's a Bible in front of you in every pew. And you hear a preacher week to week beg you to come to the Lord Jesus. And still you say, no. You know, the burning question is not what is God going to do with the heathen who never heard it. The burning question is, what is he going to do with me who's heard the gospel? Have I responded to it? Knowing that God is going to hold me more accountable to the light I've been given. How am I living my life of faith? Am I sowing my life into the church that God gave his life for? Am I serving the Lord Jesus Christ to help grow his kingdom? You've been given light, and you've heard me say it, so I know this is true. You've got enough light where y'all ought to be doing that. We all ought to be doing that. Are we responding to the light we've been given? He makes it clear how we're to live. He makes it clear what happens in the life of people who claim they believe. Their life changes. And they become other-centered instead of self-centered. And they begin having a desire to, to grow in the Word. And as God sheds light, more light is given. And our understanding becomes greater and greater because we're living faith to faith. So only you can respond to the light you've been given. But that last factor, that reckoning factor, is that men will be judged according to the light that they have. So I know that at one point or another, probably everybody in this room has heard that Jesus died in agony, that his blood spattered the cross. You heard that he did this for you so that you might avoid the penalty for your sins. Still you say no to the Lord Jesus. By the way, not responding is responding. You know what our Lord Jesus said? Jesus said it would be better for the most wicked in the judgment than for those who heard him preach, those who heard him teach, and yet never responded. Worse. All men have some light. Light refused is darkness increased. Light obeyed is light increased. And men are judged according to the light they've been received. So I'm going to tell you that today, the light has once again shown on you. Will you refuse it? And risk your darkness increasing? Or will you obey it and be blessed by your light increasing? As always, and when we come to this decision point of our service, it's your choice. But know this. If today was your last day on earth, you'd be judged by according to the light 
that you've been given, that you received, and that you responded to. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And the Bible teaches that if we will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So once again, the choice is yours. Will you respond to the light? Perhaps you realize through these scriptures that, you know, I responded to the light, I know I'm saved. But there's a whole lot more light that comes to the believer than to the unbeliever. Have I been living my life? The way the light wants me to live. Maybe there's something you need to get straight. Maybe there's a change that you need to make in your life. You can only make that choice. I pray that when you leave this room, you leave it differently than you came in. That the light made a change in you. That they weren't just words from some preacher. But it was life that was shown in your life. And it caused change. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you even desire to give us light in the first place. Father, I am so humbled and so embarrassed sometimes by the way I've neglected to respond to the light you've given me. Father, I know that I've responded to Jesus Christ and accepted him by faith as my Savior. Lord, I also know that there have been many opportunities I've missed because I didn't respond to the light of your word like I should. Lord, I pray that if that's occurred in any one of my brothers or sisters' lives today, Father, that you would encourage them Today is the day for change. Today is the day that we repent of that sin and begin walking in a more intimate and close fellowship with you. Father, thank you for giving us the light. And that all men have some light. And Lord, that light, light refuses darkness increase. But light obeys light increase. And Lord, help us to remember that we're responsible and held accountable for the life we receive. The Lord bless us. Use us. Speak to us in this decision time. As only you can. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say it.